Welcome back to Beyond Well with Sheila Hamilton. This is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior life. I'm with Dr. Jim Polo. Can we just start by saying what is a somatic disturbance? The reason this somatic experience came up is I had one other email uh, from uh-huh, someone uh-huh. talking about somatic experiences and that her doctor said that she was having them and she'd never heard of them. Right. So can we just start by saying what is a somatic disturbance? Give me the full question again, because somatic basically means... Um, Neurological is what she said. Not quite. When we describe somebody as being somatic, what we basically are implying is they're having symptoms that are more psychological than real. So somatization disorder, these are individuals that will, uh, I'm ill, I'm sick, and yet there isn't any biological evidence for that. Hypochondriacs tend to be somatic. Somatic is the display of symptoms, but somatization is is in the absence of anything behind it. Now, here's the reason why I say that. Can folks be somatically inattentive? In other words, I have symptoms of inattention, but I don't have anything behind it. The reason why that's hard is because we actually don't have any science to diagnose ADHD. It is a descriptive diagnosis. I don't have a test. I can't draw your blood and say, oh, You have it. I can do tests like cognitive tests. I can do tests that test your ability to actually pay attention. What I can't do is I can't definitively say I have the disorder, unlike neurological disorders, where I can actually do an EMG and demonstrate, no, your muscle is functioning perfectly well. The fact that you can't move that arm has nothing to do with biologic function. It's because you have some, you know, I think that she was talking about this somatic conversation in relationship to her anxiety that she was feeling tingling, that she was feeling out of her body, and that her doctor had said it's a somatic disturbance. And she was like, what is this? And how do I understand this in relationship to my other diagnosis? So can you, when you have anxiety, have a somatic disturbance? Those things that feel very real in your body, dizziness, like that you feel as if you're going to die, that you- Yes, yes, yes. So, So talk about that, how does that occur? Okay. You know, somatic is, is, it's a, it's a word that essentially means it somehow deals with the body. Okay. Okay. And somatic symptoms can be just about any symptoms that are related to the body. Okay. For example, let's say you're going through grief and you think you're hearing your, you know, your father's voice Mm -hmm. that can be a somatic symptom. In other words, there's nothing biologically behind it, but it somehow deals with a symptom that is germane to your senses. Uh, in this one, the sense of hearing. Okay. So with anxiety, it can be a sense of feeling, whether it's a bodily tension, whether it's a, a pinprickle feel or whether it's sweating or whatever. So, so somatic simply means symptoms that you feel related to your body in response to something. That, that's what it's, it's very complex. <laughs> it's so fascinating to me, Dr. Polo, because for the person themselves, it's actually happening. There's no question. Correct. Feeling dizzy. There's no question. Absolutely. Nausea. Absolutely. So, so, so I'll share with you kind of, in fact, it's a personal case that, that demonstrates the extreme side of this it is a disorder called conversion disorder, conversion disorder. When I was in training, I had a young mother 
who was an active duty drill sergeant, but she was divorced and single uh, and, um, and had a child. And as a drill sergeant, she had to be at work very early, very long hours, and it was very competitive. And she would, you know, this is back in the 80s where, you know, women really had to work three times as hard to get the same recognition as a guy. And she got admitted to the psychiatric unit because she couldn't move her right arm. And they had admitted her initially to the Department of Neurology. They did all kinds of studies and scans. In fact, this is when MRIs were just barely kind of becoming uh, available. They cleared her. They said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with her at all. And she had a couple of subtle psychiatric symptoms, kind of an indifference, uh, no matter how many times you describe to her the normal, natural uh, way the body works, her arm wouldn't work. Okay. And conversion disorder is when your mind is struggling with something that is incredibly psychologically difficult and you can't deal with it on a rational level and your, your body takes over, so to speak. So here, here's what we ended up uh, kind of piecing together after you know three weeks of, of inpatient psychiatric work. By not being able to move her right arm, she couldn't salute. And by not being able to salute, she couldn't be a drill sergeant. And by not being a drill sergeant, she couldn't go to work. And she was horribly conflicted about being a mother and having a career. And she felt like she was a horrible mother and neglecting her two-year-old because when she got this job, she went from working a pretty regular eight-hour-a-day schedule, five days a week, to working irregular hours, 10, 12, 14 hours, seven days a week. And she couldn't complain because she was a woman. And she didn't have a spouse at home because male drill sergeants had a wife at home to take care of the kids. Single male drill sergeants didn't have kids because if they were divorced, the kids were with the mother anyway. So she couldn't psychologically wrestle with how do I complain? How do I succeed? How do I have a career? What about my kid? All of that was hugely overwhelming. Well, when, when we were able to get her to really begin to recognize what she was really struggling with, guess what happened? What? Her right arm could work without a problem. That is so extraordinary. And she also decided, I don't want to be a drill sergeant. Being a mother is more important. So Dr. Polo, this leads me to, you know, nobody ever talked to me about this in hindsight, but when my husband was really struggling with bipolar disorder and he was so traumatized by just the idea of having a mental illness, he started passing out. (laughs) It would be like his body would just not be able to take it anymore and he would just pass out. We did every neurological test, every heart test, every lung test, every single test came back negative. And I'm like, oh my God, did he have conversion disorder? It was almost like it was control out delete on his brain. So, so, so you're highlighting something that I really, really believe strongly in. And, and it's the following. All of us are built uniquely to handle the life around us. And when life exceeds our capabilities, we do everything we can to escape the pressure. In a young child, for example, who's being horribly abused, sometimes that escape is retreating into their own mind. Sometimes it's, it's avoiding all those things that you don't want to think about because they're just emotionally overwhelming. 
I wouldn't necessarily say that all of us have conversion moments because that's not a diagnosis. You know, conversion disorder has some pretty obvious diagnostic characteristics that we go looking for. But I do think that all of us sometimes find ourselves in situations where our coping capacity is exhausted, it's exceeded, and our mind looks for ways to protect us. And ironically enough, I feel that sometimes substance abuse is about trying to escape sometimes for some individuals, emotional challenge, trying to escape misery, trying to escape, you know, those things that are very hard to deal with because it kind of takes us to a different place. Yeah. To call it somatic is fascinating to me because in some way, doesn't it deny the person's experience? In my experience, sometimes physicians will hide behind those kinds of explanations as a way of either doing one of two things. Uh, I don't want to tell you that you're just thinking this and it's not real, or they don't know how, or they don't want to take the time to actually explain it. So when I have a patient that is telling me that they're very anxious and that they have a sense of doom and they, they think that, you know, something bad is going to happen. As far as I'm concerned, that perception for them is real. And no amount of telling them it's not possible helps. That's not what this is about. And so I don't generally use the word somatic. Um, What what I will usually uh, do with folks that are having symptoms that are bothering them is I essentially validate that for them, those symptoms are bothersome and real. Now, what is it that we need to do moving forward? So if you think you're having a heart attack and all the symptoms align, it could be that you actually need to go to the ER to get tested. It could be, no, I realize that's what you feel, but based on what we know about you, here's really what we need to do. You need to take a couple of deep breaths. You need to slow down, you need, you know, whatever. But, but I think the, the point that you're making, which I agree with is as humans, we have all kinds of feelings. They are what they are. We don't have any ability to deny somebody else what they are feeling. That doesn't help. Very different from somebody that is lying or, or feigning or pretending. And actually, there's a psychological disorder for that as well, too. <laughs> <laughs> I just find it fascinating because I have heard more often from women who will say that someone has been told that's a somatic disorder when male physicians don't want to deal with what they're experiencing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Boy, that, that's offensive, isn't it? I, I, I'll use a personal example. So uh, I have one brother. He's a little bit older than me. Um, my brother is a very cut and dry kind of guy. Facts are facts and everything else is not. Yeah. And my brother is a little bit of a hypochondriac when it comes to medical stuff. So if he hears that COVID is in the city, he will begin to think, I think I have it. I just coughed. I, th- I think that he, his mind just automatically goes in that direction. He, he shared with me years ago, Jim, I don't know how you could be a doctor. I could never be a doctor and see sick people because I know that I'd fall apart thinking I have everything they all have. And, and it's so funny because when I explain to him what's going on medically, you know, either within family or, or even when he asks questions about himself, I'm very careful how I explain it because his mind will go to the worst possible case scenario. Mm. What? A rash? 
could be melanoma. I think I have, how do I get that tested right away? That's a form of somatization. (laughs) Is it more common in hypervigilant people, more common in people who are perfectionistic, who want control of their bodies? It can be. It can be people that are very controlling and regimented that want to have everything within their control can sometimes be a little bit more prone to that kind of a personality, so to speak. I would imagine that a mindfulness practice would be super good for those. Yes. Mindfulness is about helping you slow down and reflect only on yourself in such a way that you can calm yourself and, and kind of recenter yourself, so to speak. So, so mindfulness is, is wonderful for folks that, that are having that kind of anxiety, that somatic anxiety that, that we sometimes see. Do you know, before today, I had never even really heard the word. And when she asked me to talk to you about it, I was like, this is going to be just pulling one on Dr. Polo, but you came through with flying colors. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure. My absolute pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>